Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padre and Beat Writer for the Union Tribune. My boss, Jay Posner, joins me as always. We're live on Facebook Live and uh, recording this on Monday morning. I think I got the day right, Jay. Uh, like last week where there was that wraparound, we're actually starting a series on Monday. Padres, Dodgers. Big matchup. Luke Weaver for the Dodgers. Chris Patrick for the Padres. Before we get to it, we must address the last couple games at Coors Field and where the Padres are at after 10 games. Jay, we, what do you we also We also, Kevin, must address that it's Walker Bueller oh, pitching for the Dodgers. Walker Bueller. It is Walker and not, Bueller. And not Arizona's Luke Weaver. But I, I, because that I wouldn't do, be that great of a matchup. I mean, it did, I know it wouldn't. He did pitch last Monday. I mean, so that would have been good if it was Jared Weaver. Part but, of it, or I don't know. Is Can I blame the altitude? You had one weekend at no. altitude. and I just read a column in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that mentioned Luke Weaver. And it was funny because it was by Ben Fredrickson, and I really like him. And uh, it was about all the ex-Cardinals that are doing well around the majors. And so besides the fact that I like Ben, I read it. Because, you know, all you ever hear is about all the ex-Padres that are doing well in the majors. And it it does happen to other teams, too. Anyway, I did that on purpose to tell you a great story about ex-Cardinals around the majors. Padres, Dodgers, Walker Bueller, Chris Paddock. But, Jay, the Padres, they suddenly can't hit. And of all places, it manifested itself at Coors Field. Yeah, it's strange. And then you look at the stats this morning, and the Padres (laughs) lead all of baseball and runs scored. But it, it's funny how it just doesn't feel like that. I mean, they had the one run on Saturday. You know, yesterday they only had one run, I think, what, through seven innings. It just felt like they really didn't do any hitting after beating up on Wade Davis on Friday night. Yeah, it's a little concerning. I mean, they're getting nothing out of a catching position. They're getting nothing out of uh, uh, Profar at this point at second base. He's, you know, yeah, he's had some good at-bats. He's gotten on base a little bit. But at some point, he's got to get some hits, um, you know, Machado's average is down, but he's he's got some RBIs. Myers has some RBIs. Tommy Pham's been hitting. Uh, Trent Grisham's been hitting. Tatis always seems to hit. You know, first base is a bit of a concern now because we don't know when Eric Hosmer will be back. Yeah, the offense, you look at the overall numbers, I think they're in the top 10 in the major categories on base, slugging, OPS, uh, even batting average. Uh, like I said, they lead and run scored, but it just felt like a little bit a little bit was missing uh, over those was, last couple of days. And as you said, in all places to, to stop hitting course field. And it was so drastic and it was so noticeable because it had become just automatic. They were going to, they were going to run a starting pitcher early going to force right. them into the zone and they were going to hit those pitches that came into the zone. Otherwise they were going to walk and you know, you were going to be done. Well, the Rockies said, Hey, we're going to throw good pitches in the zone. And the Padres said, we're not going to hit the pitches that um, are. <laughs> and uh, so that's what happened. And you know what? Maybe you've heard before. It's a game of adjustments. Well, they got to do it against uh, Walker Bueller, uh, Dustin May, I believe, tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. Second base. Yeah. Profar. He sees a lot of pitches. He is battling. He's got a 079 batting average or something like that. It's yeah. not. The catchers, by the way, officially the catchers only have one hit because Francisco Mejia's first hit was as a pinch hitter. So I think they're batting 039 or something like that. Uh, <laughs> we'll even throw the one hit in just to yeah, make sure. it work a little, a little 099. better. Um, okay. I don't know what it's to do, Jay, good. because I don't know what to do, Jay, because, you know, the trade deadline, August 31st, 
What do you do for this season? I mean, certainly you got to get closer to it to find out if you're a legitimate contender. And I do want to talk about that, uh, you know, and I'll let you lead us there, Jay. But, like, for, for going out and finding a catcher, I just don't see how it's going to happen. It, it would be hard. I mean, how many – look at it this way. How many really good catchers are there anyway? So what, do you, what would you have to give up to get one? And, you know, it's – of course, it's not just about this season – so going forward, I mean, is is Mejia an answer going forward? Is Luis Torrens an answer? Is Campusano maybe the best answer of all? But you know, he's not going to help you this year. Uh, at least you sure wouldn't think so. So it's a real issue, and I just wonder at some point. And I noticed that Mejia played even the day game after a night game, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday in Colorado. Is that a little bit of a hint that maybe they're going to give him a run here? And maybe that's not the worst thing in the world right now is just, you know, let Mejia play five out of six games or something like that and and see what you get out of him. Maybe maybe he gets going a little bit. I mean, he did get a couple of hits, uh, as we said, over the past few days and, and, and just take your chances behind the plate. But, but boy, you can't get much worse than it is right now at that position. So maybe just pick one of those guys. And if you're looking for offense, obviously the Mejia is the more likely candidate. Put him out there for, like I said, five out of six games and, and see what happens. Because no matter how good the defense is, and look, I spend a lot of time talking about how good Austin Hedges is, and just especially compared to Francisco Mejia, you, you can't have that hole in the lineup. That That's a bigger deal right there. You just can't. And, and I, I also wonder, and I, I saw somebody who I follow on Twitter say, I've seen a lot of people getting on Hedges and the catchers for the problems the pitchers are having. And, you know, it's one of those things and it's it's sort of my same feeling about batting coaches and all that stuff and, and, and a lot of other things. It comes down to players, you know, and the pitchers, and I don't know that the pitchers would use this as an excuse at all. We've seen Kirby Yates look a little uncomfortable in the past with Mejia. But again, the pitcher needs to, when the pitcher has the ball and he's standing on the mound, it's up to him to get himself in a in a position, mentally especially, where he can look, it's my ball. I'm throwing the pitch. Here's what's coming. And I, and I got to be good. I got to be better. You know, and, and I'm not saying Kirby Yates has used this as an excuse because he hasn't, but no. I, I don't understand that mentality of, of sort of the fans looking at it and saying it's the catcher's fault because the pitchers aren't pitching very well. The pitchers is, need to pitch better. There is no doubt that it can be true. What you're saying is true, Jay. They got to deal with it because not everybody's Austin Hedges. But there's no doubt that Austin Hedges makes them feel more comfortable. Austin mm-hmm. Hedges, everything for them except throw the ball. Um, and, and there's a lot going on, especially when a reliever's in a game, in terms of how they've changed the signs three different ways during the game. And it, it, there's a lot going on. And Hedges has a better grasp of that. And Hedges, that that's his forte. However, what you're saying is true, too, because Hedges is batting oh oh oh, and it's – probably not going to get better at least we have no scientific evidence that it's going to get better so they need to learn how to deal with it you are correct well and let me ask you this also are are the pit do the pitchers have a zero era when austin hedges is catching you know it's not like those guys aren't getting hit when hedges is out there uh as well and i i haven't run any numbers to see what you know the quote catcher's era is or anything like that but i i just think like I said, and then to blame Hedges of all people because somebody's not pitching well uh, just seems counterintuitive to everything that we've heard. But I, I, I just think in a case like this, 
and it gets us into the bullpen, you know, guys need to pitch better. Uh, Emilio Pagan needs to pitch better. Kirby Yates said it himself that he needs to pitch better. And by the way, I made this uh, comment to you in a text the other day when the Padres said that Kirby Yates was going to be available. You know, you can explain a little better how things work this year, but there's not a lot of player access for reporters right now. And the players, I'm guessing, can pretty much decide whether they want the Padres to put them on a Zoom call with the media. Would have been very easy for Kirby Yates over the weekend after another rough outing to say, you know, look, I don't have anything to say to the media. And instead, Kirby Yates stood up, or I guess sat down, but he was a stand-up guy, and he answered you guys' questions and took responsibility. And I, I just thought that that was the kind of thing we used to see from Trevor Hoffman and uh, Greg Maddox when he was here and all those kind of guys. And and I think we see it a lot from the pitchers on the staff today. And I just thought it was worth noting that Yates was not hiding from anybody. He, he got up there and he told you guys what was going on. He didn't make any excuses. Absolutely. There's every day that goes by in this season, there's 10 or 12 stories or notes or something that I would have or attempt to get that this year just isn't happening. I'm at the mercy of, I'm at the mercy of callbacks, textbacks, uh, the PR staff. And uh, you may notice that there's not a whole lot of player input after losses because <laughs> one or PR guy has to go and ask them, will you talk? And right. players, this is an absolute dream to not have reporters in the waiting them out at their locker after they went 0 for 4 or they blew a game in the 8th or the ninth inning. Yates, however, that was when it first hit me, when Kirby Yates uh, allowed those first two runs. By the way, Emilio Pagan's a stand-up guy as well. But uh, mm-hmm. that one, it was uh, Sunday, correct, where Kirby Yates and Emilio Pagan in back-to-back innings. And I said, oh, man, Kirby's always so good when he blows it. Now, that's just me <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was the first time it hit me, man, this season's different because we're not getting Kirby today. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, there's a little less, uh, I don't know, at least public, a little less public accountability. They're accountable in there, but there's a little less public accountability this year. And you are correct. That was stand up. And by the way, he was standing up they, yeah, in front of the podium. It was really awesome. Okay. Anyway, Jay, the bullpen. I believe, I, I absolutely believe that there are a couple factors. I don't know they're going to get better. But I do believe that relievers thrive off the crowd and you have, have there's no external motivation. So it's mm-hmm. all got to be internal. That's not an excuse. They got to figure it out. But you notice they're not the only bullpen around the majors that has been struggling. The other thing is I think the ramp up, and this is also supported by the fact that they're not the only bullpen struggling and that there's been injuries. The players got ready in January. They got up. They were ready to almost, you know, that peak uh, opening day Uh, level that they were at at the end of March. Uh Uh-oh, okay, so now what are we going to do? They ramped back down, and then they maintained for an inning or so in their bullpen sessions, and then three weeks of get ready for the season. I absolutely believe that these relievers are out of sorts. I I do. If they can survive toward the end of the year, if the Padres can maintain, say, a 500 uh, mark uh, until they get to their, what, second off day after 30 games, I believe that uh, this bullpen will be okay. But in the meantime... (laughs) <laughs> I said if. Yeah, I know. And in the meantime, seven of the next 10 games are yeah. against the best team in the league right now and probably the either best or second best team in baseball, uh, depending on how you judge the Yankees. So what are they going to do in the meantime? And obviously what one thing where it starts is with the starting pitchers. And yes. 
they're they're going to have they're going to have Paddock tonight and Lamette tomorrow and Richards on Wednesday, and then it's going to you know we'll see how it turns around next week when they go to LA for four games where you know maybe one or two of those guys won't pitch and you'll end up with Zach Davies and whoever else number the number four spot is a, a bit of a question mark right now but it, it starts with those guys and I don't think uh, you know Paddock again another guy who said I you know I want to pitch against the Dodgers so he's he's got his chance uh, tonight um, you know Lamette and Richards have been around Lamette for a couple of years Richards for a lot longer I mean these are the three guys you want in yes. this series and it starts with them and I'm really I'm really eager to see what happens this week. I can't wait for these three games. It starts with them because they're the best three pitchers. They're the guys who have all said they want to be the pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is exactly the series. You, you, you line it up like this and it needs to work out for you. That said, and I, and I don't want to say that that's not important because it's super important that these guys are going like six innings, seven innings. That's, that's what yeah. needs to happen. All right. Especially with the Dodgers penchant for being able to match up with any reliever you throw at them and score a lot. And so it'd also be good if the Padres could maybe score some runs earlier in a game. Um, But here's what I think. They play seven of 10 against the Dodgers. That's that's also seven of their 10 games against the Dodgers. Like I said, they have 30 games in 31 days. The Padres to get to 15 and 15 or something like that. All Mm -hmm. right. 16 and 14. And the schedule gets a little easier, at least on paper here. That's all we can do right now is on paper. And I just think they need to survive these next 10 games, like five and five. You can't go two and five against the Dodgers. You can't do that and consider yourself a contender. No, but I mean, well, you consider yourself a contender for second place, um, which is. Rockies are playing pretty well. Pitching pretty well. That's all you're contending for anyway, because over I don't care if it's yeah. 60 games or not. I, I don't see this team being better than the Dodgers over 60 games. Um, but they do need to get uh, – I think five and five for this week would 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 be fine. And and then, as you said, they only have the Dodgers three more times after that, um, which would be – you know, which is a help. So and, – and, of course, they only get – you know, and Arizona hasn't been very good so far. Um, I, I can't say I'm terribly surprised by losing two out of three in Colorado. I mean, it just seems like wherever the, whenever the Padres go up there, it, it, it's a struggle. Uh, you know, the problem with the Dodgers is it's been a big struggle. Um, Jeff Sanders passed along these numbers for us that in the last eight years, the Padres are 57 and 114 uh, against the, uh, against the Dodgers, you know, six and 13 last year, five and 14, the year before that, six and 13, the year before that. So they need to find a way, even, I, I almost feel like if the Padres went four and six this year against the Dodgers, that that would be, I'd consider that a success, um, to, to win four games against the Dodgers. And I'm not saying they can't win more, but if they could win, if they won four out of those 10, I, you know, I think you take your chances going forward with everybody else. That was my that was my point there, right? You you can't you can't be worse than that. I don't think. I think the Rockies are they seem pretty decent. Uh, they're they're starting pitching. If you can do that in Colorado, and I'm only going by what I saw. Uh, yeah. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Arizona? I don't think San Francisco has any chance uh, whatsoever. Um, but I, I think that 
second place is, is certainly what you're playing for. And after that, then you got to be talking about that crowded central. Uh, and what I think is perhaps seems like the Mets are falling apart, but I mean, you don't want to be counting on uh, the seventh or eighth spot. It would be real good to finish second. So let's talk about that hat for a second. This hat is 43 years old. I just, I want you to know it's traveled with me wherever I've gone. I was lucky enough as a, as a teenager living in Carmel for two years as a Carmel Padre, as you have noted uh, more than once, that was the high school mascot there, although the colors were were uh, red and gray. But as a uh, as a team, the PGA came to Pebble Beach in 1977, and I was one of the kids that walks around with the scoreboards on the fairways, which was, you know, a thrill beyond belief. So I got this hat, and the hat is autographed, actually. I don't know if you can, if you can make it out. I'll go forward here, but... Uh, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas autographed my hat. That's and, incredible. And I, have, I have kept that hat for, like I said, for 43 years. And with the PGA this week, I figured I would break it out. So sorry to those people on the podcast who are just hearing this, but Kevin, can, can, Kevin's my witness. There are autographs on the hat, and it's a, wow. a PGA hat from, uh, like I said, from 1977. Lanny Watkins won that PGA against Gene Littler, uh, a, a former San Diego State Aztec, one of the great Aztecs uh, in athletics. And I almost got to see him win it, but alas. Okay, Jay, Jay, Jay it's a great hat, and I'm, and I'm glad. But I got distracted there, too, because was there ever any sort of controversy around the Carmel Padres? I mean, red and gray? I mean, the colors, they just don't match. They don't go. I don't know where how they got those colors, uh, and the athletic teams were never really good enough to to matter uh, <laughs> anyway. So nobody nobody paid much attention. But I I did write about the Carmel Padres. My first sports writing job was for the Carmel Pine Cone, uh, which is better known not so much for giving me my start as for being owned by Clint Eastwood <laughs> later uh, later on after uh, after I was gone. So wow, this is a right, great history uh, lesson. We return from our commercial break here. Uh, <laughs> what else with the uh, Padres? What are they going to do at first base? Well, I think that's uh, that's the issue. I mean, you can look at Eric Hosmer's 12 errors last year, but this guy's pretty good defensively. So not only, I think, obviously you lost a guy, whether he was going to keep hitting like that or, or not, you right. lost the the very threat of Eric Hosmer in the number five spot. And that does make a difference. And you lost a left-handed bat. That's a big deal. Um, you... you you're at best going to make do. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of what Ty France has made himself, what Jake Cronenworth, who looks 14, is doing. Um, I mean, absolutely. Everyone knows I got a real soft spot for Greg Garcia. And, and uh, you know, he can play first. Uh, heck, Profar can play first. What The best you're going to do is make do there. There have been some defensive gaffes. They're little ones. Did they end up mattering? in um, a, a 9-6 loss that really wasn't that close and a 6-1 loss that was never close. No, they didn't, but but they they were two defensive gaffes, one by Ty France, one by Jake Cronenworth, that were important at the time they happened in games, and they can be important. Um, and, and so uh, that that's a loss right there. I mean, if let's say catcher and and uh, second base got turned around or were adequate, to, to have Hosmer out for an indefinite period of time is a big blow. Do you think we're looking at a, a- – it seems like it's been a platoon so far with France and Cronenworth. Are we looking at that? Do you think there's any chance they move Profar there against lefties? So Garcia, they play them both? Or I guess it's probably something matters a little bit whether Profar is going to hit it all. 
Uh, you might yeah, want that's the thing. If Profar were hitting, if Profar were hitting, that that's probably almost almost a no brainer, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but he's not. So, you know, Ty France and Jake Cronenworth are actually swinging the bat well. I don't think Ty France's um, average shows that, but you know. I think that you're probably looking at that. So that is going to be what I write about today before the game is the, the big hole there and what is it that they are going to do? What are their options? Right. What's the latest you're hearing on the virus situation? The Cardinals look like they're in a little bit of trouble, but the Phillies and the Marlins are, are supposed to be back. So everything is sort of still holding together right now, it seems like, right? Yeah, and we've had two chicken little moments, right, where uh, everyone is kind of, up. Oh, this is it, it's over, it's a matter of days. And look, I felt afraid of that when I woke up on, uh, what was it, Saturday? And, um, you know, and then I get talked down a little bit uh, off the ledge. Okay, as long as uh, everybody, you know, the Phillies, the Marlins, the Cardinals, they get back on track, and so far two of those teams have, um, mm-hmm. and everything will be okay. This was maybe not built into the schedule. This was always a possibility. So seems like right now, uh, Major League Baseball is fairly confident that they are going to be able to uh, finish out their season and at the very least that they'll keep going until there is more outbreaks. It does seem like it made teams sort of pay attention a little bit more to the protocols if anything good could come out of something like this. I mean, I noticed a lot more guys wearing masks, not just Padre players, but even watching games uh, yesterday. It seemed like there were, I saw more mask wearing than maybe I had seen at the beginning of the week. So maybe guys are being taking that a little more serious about making sure they, you know, stay in their rooms on the road, stay out of crowds and everything when they're home, that sort of thing. So I, again, it, it it feels like it's I, I don't want to say it's teetering because that doesn't sound like that's that's too strong, but it's more like it, it's there's always that threat that's there. But right now things are holding together. And, uh, you know, we'll hope for the best uh, going forward. We haven't seen anything in the West in the West so far, which is good. Yeah, it's because we're doing such a good job with the virus out here in the West. Uh, where, where the Padres needed to uh, to tighten up was at the ballpark and, and during games. I, I firmly believe everything that I've heard, everything that I've seen, these guys, they've come up with some really good policies internally. But they've done a better job the last couple of days, staying away from each other. Of course, it hasn't been a celebrate either. Yeah, right. It was easy for them. But I did see more guys uh, wearing masks in the dugout, and you know, the illusion was cracked a little bit. They they are in a bubble. For whatever anybody else thinks, these guys are in much more of a bubble than the rest of us. For goodness' sake, um, and they they had this illusion that oh well, that means we're safe and. So maybe th- this was what was needed. Uh, everybody's human. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is a big deal. We need to take care of ourselves. Right. You know, hey, I had a lot of fun watching baseball the last 10 days, so I sure hope it keeps going on. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been great and, and uh, lot, certainly a lot more sports on right now with uh, the NBA, NBA and NHL being back and, and, and everything, but there's still nothing like having baseball around. So we uh, definitely hope that it, that it sticks around for a while and and hope that the Padres, you know, I, get things turned around is a little strong because, I mean, look, they've lost two in a row. It's, it's certainly not the end of the world, but they do need to play better. And especially with the competition coming up uh, the, the next three days and at the start of next week uh, as, as well. Yeah. Hey, um, let's go. Before we go, we got a question uh, here from Jay on uh, uh, our, our, what do we call it? Our stream over here on the side? Something we got- like that. 
Jay, you you usually handle those, but uh, you weren't taking care of it. And and I do want to say that it, uh, Jay says it's been a difficult schedule thus far with no off days. Um, all of the had off days. I did. I went through, and the Padres um, were one of three teams actually that played thir- that were scheduled to play thirty in in thirty one. I can't remember mm-hmm. if one of them was the Phillies or the the Marlins or anybody. Uh, yeah, look. They then have three off days in the final 11 days of the season. So they right. have said from the start, if they can get there, then maybe they're set up for the playoffs. you got to look at it that way, right? Uh, but this is, and keep that in mind when you are judging Jace Tingler's bullpen management. Keep it in mind when you're judging his lineups. I mean, everything is like, man, i got to keep this thing together for the first month just to even right. have the second month matter. So I can't bring this guy in and I can't bring this guy in. And believe me, that whole bullpen matrix, the algebra that needs to be done in a regular season is far more complicated than any of us know. How does this guy feel? You know, Jace Tingler walks the outfield before a game and talks to all his relievers. Okay. And he gets a report from the bullpen coach and the pitching coach. And then during the game, okay, well, this is what's happening. We get this guy to warm up. I mean, it's so much more than any of us know. And I'm not saying, look, I've questioned Jace Tingler on a few things, but Mm -hmm. The schedule has a lot to do with what they're just trying to hold together for the first month. So, are we still looking at losing a couple of players off the roster? That's is that Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, the sixth of August. Um, what I understood yesterday is they don't think they'll go to the thirty, or they'll go. To, they think they'll go to the twenty-eight. They don't think they'll stay at the thirty like had been proposed. But actually, no one knows. And uh, to me, I know what the Padres like. 30 players is like too much now, you know, you got to start getting your starters stretched out. You're not getting some bullpen guys. You're not getting some players enough work. On the other hand, if you're the Marlins or the Phillies and and now the Cardinals, it kind of makes sense to have 30 players for a little while longer. So I don't know. From the Padres perspective though, it's not that big of a deal. They have 17 pitchers on their staff right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think losing a couple will be a big uh, issue, but we can talk about that on Friday. Uh, three with the Dodgers, and then the first off day of the season coming on Thursday, and then the Diamondbacks come back to town, right, on Friday for the weekend before well, you uh, like head out. playing the Diamondbacks anyway. I know, I know. Then they so. play the Dodgers again and then go to Arizona. And then go to Arizona, yeah. So. the Diamondbacks by the middle of August, yep. Yeah, it's a strange, strange, uh, strange times, but, hey, it's been a strange year. So, anyway, everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the next three nights of baseball, and we will uh, talk to you on Friday. Thanks a lot, everybody.